going to do night two of what does the Bible say about blank. Are you guys excited for this? Yeah? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm excited for this. And then turn to your other neighbor and say, high five. No, high five. Don't actually high five. Come on. Simon says. Simon says, y'all. Okay, we're going to do part two. We're going to do part two on a topic that you guys asked for. So this is your request. So this is night two. Okay? So if phones are going to drive you guys crazy, if it's going to grab your attention, we really want you guys to pay attention for the next 15 minutes. It'd be awesome if I could grab your attention. Please don't fill anything out. Don't write anything down. Don't talk to your neighbor. God wants you to hear this, and it's going to be awesome. So there's no, no questions during this time, okay? You can ask, ask your leaders at the end of the message, okay? Because we're going to break out into groups. So I'd ask for 15 minutes, cool, and some concentration. Awesome. We're going to have Austin, our leader, pray for us and open us, okay? Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for this evening that we could all come together and just spend time, Lord. And God, thank you that it makes you happy that we get to have fun together and just uh, enjoy each other's fellowship. God, thank you that we get to learn more about you, that we don't get persecuted for like having a church building and for having the freedom to learn about you and to grow in you. Um, God, I pray you bless this message, Lord. I pray against any distractions. I pray that we would just open our ears and our hearts and just allow this message to impact our lives, God, that we would allow these words that are coming forth from Kingsley to impact our hearts and draw us to change and be examples of your love and your character to the world. Um, so we thank you for this time, God, and pray you bless it. Amen. Thank you, Austin. It's great. Awesome. So tonight's topic of night two of what does the Bible say about blank, which many of you wanted to know what the Bible says about this topic. And I was like, this is awesome because I want to know about this too. This is great. I was really excited to investigate this one, to check it out, and to crack open the Bible and check this out. So tonight, what does the Bible say about God's calling and future jobs? God's calling and future jobs. Turn to your neighbor and say, what's God's calling? Turn to your other neighbor and say, what job am I supposed to get? Cool. That's what we're going to find out. Are you guys curious? You ready to follow along? Yeah? Let's find out what God is calling. What does God want for my life? Does God want anything for my life? Shh. Hey, guys, does God want anything for my life? What kind of job does he want me to get? I want to know these things, okay? So I investigated a couple books. The first one, the Bible, okay? So this, this info is good, all right? You know that. So I investigated the Bible. So what does the Bible say about God's calling? Let's go to, let's go to Jeremiah 1, verse 5. Let's look at that verse real quick. Jeremiah 1, verse 5. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. So God is saying here that before we were even created, 
before we were anything, he already knew us. Wrap your heads around that. He already knew you before you were formed. That's a lot of info. Before you were even formed, God was knitting us together in our mother's womb. Before you were even born, he set you apart. And he had pointed you as a prophet to the nations. What does that mean? Anybody? He set us apart. He chose us. That's what that means. He chose us. He said, I'm going to make this person right here. I'm making Mikey. And whenever I think about making something, I always kind of think about like cooking, (laughs) right? Like I'm not very good at cooking, I'll admit. I don't really, I wouldn't necessarily say I love to cook because I'm not really good at it, but I need it in order to live, right? So I have to cook myself food. So when I'm thinking about like, okay, God is making me, he's forming me. What if God was literally like brewing up some soup or something like that and he's making life? He's ma- what if, let's, let's say God is up there in heaven and he's, he's making, he has a pot, it's like life, and then he's like making, he's put different ingredients and he's making a life. But what if the name of the soup was Kingsley? What if the name of the soup was Riley? What if the name of the soup was Danielle? And he's sitting there making us. Okay, follow me along. He's making it, and he's, like, finding different ingredients, and he's a little, little sprinkle of this, a little, oh, I'm supposed to put two of those. Oh, a little, little shaving of this. Like, he's putting in different things, right? So God, like, imagine that. So th- this is what the Bible says. This is what God says. Before you were formed, before anything, he knew you completely. And guess what? God still knows you now. And God has a call, and he has a purpose, and he has a will, and he has plans for your life. Great plans, prosperous plans, exciting plans. So God knows you. To him, you are valuable. You are priceless. He has purpose for you. So if you're ever feeling bummed out, somebody gives you a hard time, somebody's mean to you or something like that, you're feeling down, you're like, ah, yeah, I am the worst, or, oh, man, I'm so bad, I messed up, oh, I got an F today, like, oh, I messed up on that test, or, oh, man, somebody made fun of me, like, and you wear that, and you're, you're bummed at that. Remember, God is bigger than what just happened. God is bigger than that test you just got. I'm not saying that, disregard that. I'm just saying God is bigger than that. You're not defined by bullies. You're not defined by what the world says. You don't need to go out and prove yourself to the world. You just follow God. Know that you are valuable. He has purpose for you. Can anybody predict the future? Really? (laughs) Nobody can predict the future. Okay, good. None of you are liars. You passed. (laughs) Good. Okay, good. Has anybody heard of Y2K? It's probably before a lot of you knew what was up. But for anybody who's like above like 20 knows what Y2K is. What is Y2K? <laughs> Whitney says it was the end. Okay, so Y2K. So it was 1999 and people started freaking out that, to, that the year 2000 was about to happen. People started freaking out literally. And they're like, oh no, the computers and stock market's going to crash and they don't know how to, that many zeros and it's going to blow things up and man, the end of the world. Y2K, man. 
Y2K was out. Everybody was predicting the future. You turn on the TV, whatever. You turn on the news, whatever. What does it say? Oh, somebody predicted the end of the. Somebody predicted the end of the world. Oh, I. Yep, I did some math and uh, the end of the world. I know it, right? I know every. Those people claim to know. But do they know? No. They don't know. They don't know, just like we don't know. Do I know what's going on tomorrow? <laughs> I have some plans, but God has already gone before that day. If God already knew me before I was alive, you got to know that God already knows how every single day is going to happen in your life. God's, the Bible says that God is the author and finisher of our faith. If he's writing a book on you, if he's making you, he's forming you, you're like the soup. God's making you. It's for a purpose. God knows the plans. He knows our life's paths. He has a will and he has a purpose for our life. How many of you guys know that the consequences of our choices are heavy? The, the, the choices that you make matter. You cannot go through life and think, oh, man, I'm just going to do whatever, man. I'm going to make any choices I want. There's no repercussions. There's no big deal. Yes, there is, completely. Completely there's consequences, especially, especially in a life living for Christ, especially if you're trying to find what your calling is or what your purpose is, okay? Everybody understand that? You're, the consequences of the choices you make are very, very heavy. They're important. When you make the right decisions, okay, when you make the right decisions, you experience what? Success, right? God measures success different from the, how the earth measures success. Know that. And in order to experience God's blessing in something, you need to be obedient. That's what the Bible says. So we have to be obedient to what? What does the word obedient mean? Somebody give me a definition of the word obedient. I need a refresher. Yes, sir. Loyal. Obey. Obeying. Following. Loyal. Anybody else? Paying attention. Seeking. Knocking. Asking. Questioning. Spending time. Following. These are all definitions. These are all words for obedience. God wants us to be obedient to his word for our good. For our good. Because on the other side of your obedience and seeking God, asking him questions, spending time with him, serving him, serving your church, on the other side of that is God's blessing for your life. So what does this look like? It looks like, here's my example, because I'm just going to use myself, because this is my own example right here. I want to be a youth pastor, right? I want to do what I'm doing right now, but did I just get it and just get it given to me the second I got out of high school? No. Did I want that? Yes. <laughs> but no, that didn't happen. So I had to walk out and gain knowledge and read the Bible and see God and pray about it and become equipped in order to do this. God only puts people in positions that are equipped, that he's ready to put them into. 
right? He's not going to put you in something so that you'll fail miserably and everybody get hurt by it. He's going to put people in there. Okay, thank you for that loud noise. He's going to put you in there knowing you're equipped so that you're ready for success, right? You guys follow me on that? So some of you might ask, what does the Bible say about God's calling? What even, what is God's calling? What job am I supposed to get? Tell me so that I know. How many times in your life you've been like, dude, tell me. <laughs> I want to know. Have you ever got like that? I tell, I tell my wife that probably multiple times a week. Um, just tell me what to do because <laughs> I don't know. I can't make my own decision. <laughs> tell me what to do. God is not playing hide and go seek, you guys. I got told that in like sixth grade and it's always stuck with me. God is not playing hide and go seek with what he wants you to do in your life. God's not going, okay, I got your, I got your purpose in life, but I'm going to hide it. You can't find it. But I'm going to give you little treats along the way, little bread, bread crumbs, 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 crumbs. God's not playing hide and go seek with your faith. He is right there. He wants to show that to you. He wants to give that to you. How do we, how do we know? How do we find out? To a God who formed us and knows us completely. How do you find out what the purpose of your life is? Step one, follow God's will. What is God's will? God's will is perfectly exemplified through the life of Christ. Christ came to the earth and said, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, every part of you, love God first. Put nothing ahead of God. God is number one, always. And then he said, love your neighbors like you love yourself. Love people. Love God. Love people. That's God's will. God's will for every single Christian, for every single person, is to love God first. That's the most important thing. That's the will on every single person's life. That's from the Father. Father wants us to love him first. And then right after that, seek first his kingdom. Remember we talked about that last week? Seek first his kingdom. Anybody? What does seek first his kingdom look like? How do you seek first God's kingdom? Anybody? Seeking him, following him, praying. Yeah? Anybody else have anything to add? Seek first God's kingdom. That's step two. Step one, love God, love people. Step, wait, step one. Yeah, step two, seek first the kingdom of God. And then God's will will be revealed to you. So look at it this way. You have, you have full freedom. And here's a fact, sorry. Here's a fact. You have full freedom in your will. It's not already, just, it's not already decided. God already knows what it is. Mikey, God already knows exactly what he wants you to do. But you have freedom to decide. Just like we have freedom to choose God. When God created us, when he formed us, he gave us free will because he's a sovereign God, because he's fair, because he's just. He gives us the freedom to be able to choose. So honestly, what kind of job are you supposed to have? You have freedom. God's not forcing. He's not saying, Mackenzie, the only thing that I want for you is to do 
be a cook. That's the only thing I have for you, right? If you are forced something on your life, doesn't the word force just make you want to like bust out of jail and break the doors down and be like, no, I'm going to do my own thing. Of course. And God knew this, you guys. So God is not forcing us. Nowhere in the Bible are you going to see that God is forcing us. He's advising us. He's asking us. He's willing us. He is not making it a rule and forcing anything on you. We have complete freedom to decide. Perfect example. This is what I thought of when I heard that. When I have freedom to choose what kind of job I want or freedom what my life purpose is. When you get married, when you choose somebody to get married to, there's not just, hey boys, there's not just one person out there. Okay, so I'm married, right? When, when I was writing my vows to get married, because come on, I wrote my own vows. Yeah, of course I did. Poetry out of my heart about loving my wife. Yeah, I wrote my own vows. I needed somebody else to say them things. I said it myself. Okay, so I'm writing my vows, and I was like, you're my one and only. You're the one. O-N-E. <laughs> and I was writing these things, and we like had this conversation. I was like, hey, babe, how, how's your, how's your, um, how's your, um, yeah, how's your vows coming? Because mine are pretty awesome. <laughs> just going to say that. I just can't wait for you to hear them. And she's like, yeah, they're good. Yeah, yeah, they're good. She's like, why are you like so excited? I'm like, well, just like some words came out. And I'm just excited for this. Like, you know, you're the one. You know, you're the one. God made you just for me, right? I mean, that's, I'm just so excited. And she's like, um, I don't think so. I was like, what? Like my heart dropped. And I was like, wait, what? What do you mean? Don't, don't you think I'm the one guy for, for you, for, wait, what, don't you think God, like, wait, what? God made me for you, right? And she's like, no. And that's hard to hear, you guys, because I was like, whoa, wait a second, whoa, um, hold on. I'm like looking through the way, I'm like, wait a second, whoa, 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 whoa. What was her point? She knew something I didn't. My wife chose me out of all of those. It wasn't forced upon her. She chose me because she had freedom. God knew who she was going to marry. God knows, God knows who all of us are going to marry. He knows. But he gives us freedom to choose. So there's more weight to being able to choose instead of being forced and just saying, this is what you're doing. Boom. It meant more that out of all the people, out of all the ones, I was chose. And when she said that, my heart was like restored. It was perfect. It was like, oh, oh, yeah, light bulb. Yeah, oh, man, totally. We have complete freedom, you guys, in what job you want to do, what career you want to do, what, what style, what, however you want to go about, make some big decisions. God gives us freedom, but he wants to be there. He is there. He wants to guide us through those, and he has plans for us. Huge part of it is freedom, though. We get to choose. There's some obstacles in our way, though. There's some obstacles messing us up getting to God. First of all, the enemy. 
The enemy loves to mess with us. Here's some obstacles that the enemy loves to put in front of your life on a daily basis to get you to not spend time with God. Being way too busy for God. Too many choices to make. What do I do? Do I play video games? Do I do homework? Do I, what do I do? I, well, should I raise money for this mission trip? Oh, man, yes. Okay, I should definitely do that. Um, should I? <laughs> what should I do? Should I go to the movies? Wait, hold on. Should I pray? Should I open the Bible? Wait, what do I, what do, I do? There's too many choices. I'm bored. I'm just going to look at Snapchat for like 5 million hours. I'm just going to not sleep tonight. Eh, I don't got any time. I'm bored. No time. No time. That's an obstacle blocking you from God. No time. Another, another obstacle that the enemy loves to put in front of you, getting you out of youth group, getting you out of church, getting you out of God's house, getting your head out of the Bible. He doesn't, the enemy does not want you looking at these things. So we have to make a choice to choose him. That's it. We get to choose whether we want to be in relationship with God. He's not forcing us, but he's calling us. He made us. He loves us. He's for you. He's for everybody. He loves you completely. He sent his son to die for you completely. So how do we find out what kind of job we're supposed to do? We'll be obedient to his word. We love God. We love people. We seek first the kingdom. We pray to him. And God's going to speak to you. He's going to communicate. God communicates in so many different kinds of ways. Tons of different ways. Check out the Bible. He communicates to people in tons of different ways. Through fasting, God says he's going to speak to us. Prophetic words. When we did that prophetic night, some of you got prayed over and received prophetic words. That's a way of God talking to you, telling you what you're will is, what your call is. Our life is a gift. Every single day is a gift, you guys. Every single day is a gift. We need to be thankful for every single day and know that there's purpose in every single day. When I wake up in the morning, I remind myself, I was born for this. And I also remind myself, God, this is the day that you have made for me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I get to go live today. Thanks, God. It's amazing. That's Amazing. Don't worry. Don't have stress. You're not a slave to fear. Don't worry about that. Be present. Live for the moment wherever you are. And if you're worried about a career, careers a lot of times cause people to think, what's the first couple things you think about in a career? Money. Position. What? 401k. Power. Right? Sometimes your career is not going to be your calling. I know plenty of people that work as an engineer or a machinist, but that's not their calling. Their calling is serving at church, being the parking lot attendant. And they're great at it. They welcome people into church. They've talked to, they're the first people, they're the first person that somebody sees when they come to church. If it's their first church experience, that's the very first representation of Christ is right there. Is that person right there. Just because you're not in the limelight, just because you're not the CEO, just because you're not the guy with the mic or anything like that does not mean that you are not important or you're not valuable, that God doesn't care about what you're supposed to do. 
Callings are different from careers. Callings inspire people to love God and to love people, to serve. You guys are all, we are all called to serve. That's a huge part of the mission trip. We are going to another place to go and serve. We get to serve. It's going to be amazing. I almost said surf. That would have been fun. It's okay. Callings can be found by doing God's will. A lot of times they come from our life experience. Yeah? Does that answer anybody's question to how to find out what your calling is? I hope that your takeaway, in order to find out your calling and what God's will is for your life, what kind of job you're supposed to have, what kind of clothes you're supposed to wear, first, love God and love people. Seek first his kingdom. And on the other side of being obedient is going to be the blessing. The amazing, amazing blessing that just never stops. God's grace and blessing never stops.